those who are we uh, are responsible. Greetings from Lady Pastor Leticia, my wife, and from you, myself, and my family. We love you very much, and we thank God for your faithful contributions to the work of God. And we thank God that God is taking care of us and protecting us. And please do so. Stay safe and take caution and also look after one another. By this all men shall know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, if you have love for one another. And not only to ourselves, but also the poor and the weak and also other believers, the body of Christ, take care for all of them. I greet also everybody in the body of Christ, every child of God, and every fivefold minister, and every colleague, you are welcome, and all of our friends. Amen. We are continue with the series, series on uh, biblical pictures of the kind of church God wants. And tonight I'm going to share with you about the seven church trumpets that is uh, 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 appointed unto the church before the last trumpet. The last trumpet is the seventh trumpet in the, uh, according to the Bible. But these trumpets, why do I call it church trumpets? Because you don't find these trumpets in Revelations. You find seven t- trumpets in Revelations, but that is to do... Uh, uh, with the great tribulation, but as I've shown you in the past, that uh, the spirit of the great tribulation is already here in the earth, and that tells you how close the rapture is, because the last trumpet, as you may please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and chapter 15, which I will start, where I will start to read to you, but I'm just showing you that the, those trumpets, the seven that will be blown in the great tribulation, their spirit is already in the church. And why do I call them trumpets? Because the trumpet or the rapture is called the last trumpet and that we will read about now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if it's the last, that one, the trumpet of the rapture, certainly there must be six trumpets before that. Amen. Because you need to know God speaks in a mystery form. And why in a mystery form? You won't find in one, on one page about baptism in water, for instance. You'll find it here and there, scattered everywhere in the Bible. Why did God wrote the Bible like that? It's for people to seek Him. Amen. And the Bible is originally or first place given to the man of God. Amen. That's how Paul writes in 2 Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God or God breath. And it is given so that the man of God may be completely equipped for service. Amen. So the, the man of God, which I believe, I believe is even higher than the, in the, uh, you get five uh, ministers, but not everybody is a man of God. A man of God is a higher, of the highest caliber, if you read and study the scripture in the ministry of the highest caliber. In other words, is a God-made man. Amen. 
It's not a Bible school made man, a book made man, an internet made man. No, it is a God made man. Hallelujah. The Bible is written so that that, those kind of men can sit together and come together and find out the mind of God. Amen. Praise God. Let me firstly say before I turn to the scripture. That you must know Christ and his church is the center of God's creation. Christ and his church is the center and the reason for God's creation. Amen. So the church is the apple of the eye of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the church is God's only representatives in the earth. Amen. There's no contact with the earth that God has, but only through the church. It's only through the church that God can impact and also transform humanity. Amen. Therefore, also, the state of our community and of a nation reflects the state of a church. Do you hear me? Because the church should govern the nation, the community, the family on God's behalf. And if we take a look at South Africa, when we look at its pathetic state spiritually, it is a reflection of the state of the church. We should hang myself our head in shame and say to God something, even if we don't want to recognize that something is wrong. Your community and many times even in the family. Some pastors, their children is not even serving God. Some pastors, marriages is not functioning even properly according to scripture. But you see, we don't like to judge ourselves. Therefore, I have that book there on fasting and prayer. Because I believe the fifth trumpet is calling the church, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 is calling the church to humble ourselves and really repent of the weak state the church is in. But that is only also available for those who have eyes to see. Because not everyone even in the ministry has eyes to see. The last church of the seven churches, which we may start teaching and preaching about next week, amen, of, uh, in Revelation chapter 2 to chapter 3, the Lord addressed seven letters to seven churches. And we are near the end of the, la- by the, we are near the end of the church age and the church's time. And the Bible says the last church there is Laodicea. But Laodicea, even the name Leo means the lay people govern. In other words, it's majority rule. It's democratic rule where there's voting and where there's doctorates that rules the church. God is not against and myself against education. But if education and doctorates are without 
the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the church is as it is dying by these degrees. But men who don't have spiritual eyes, they won't see anything or much wrong with the church. In fact, they get upset and they get upset when people speak that there's things wrong with the church because according to them, nothing is wrong. Everything is fine. You understand? That's the state of Laodicea. I'm just pointing out to you a little bit about Laodicea. That's the lukewarm church, or can I say the disgusting church to God? Why do I say disgusting? Because the Lord says, I will vomit her out of my mouth. I will spit her out of my mouth. What a shock, because she is not hot. In other words, on fire for God, she's neither cold Cold means you don't see her outright as sinners. They are in between us. Amen. No, I, do you hear me? Lukewarm coffee, lukewarm tea, or tea made in a microwave. How disgusting is that? That bring make you nauseous. That's how the Laodicean state and the majority of the church is causing God to feel nauseous. To feel, to vomit her out. And you need to take very, very careful uh, attention to what I am preaching. I'm preaching to you as a prophet. And a prophet is not there to just say peace, peace, and it is well with you. A prophet preach what God is saying. Amen. And a prophet needs to expect a uh, 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 attack, hostility, unhappiness, losing friends, losing sometimes colleagues, because we are prophets stand and sides with God and not with humanity. Paul says, if I'm still pleasing men, then I am not a servant of God. And years ago, it was in 1990, 1990, when it was prophesied over me and my wife, that the mantle of Elijah is upon my life. And I believe there are hundreds and thousands of such prophets today in the earth. And Elijah's main enemy was Jezebel, or let's say, call it witchcraft. Witchcraft means, I will intimidate you. I will try to dominate you. I will try to get control of you. I will make you scared of me by my looks, by my attitudes. But uh, witchcraft or slander is the look in the eye, a kind of look that tells you, who do you think you are? You understand? And Elijah got so scared of Jezebel that he ran away and, and God had to anoint three other people in his place because the spirit of witchcraft is a powerful spirit. It was that spirit that killed and beheaded John the Baptist, who came in the spirit and power of Elijah. The spirit of witchcraft in the church want to behead and is beheading many, many prophets by even so-called men in ministry. Do you hear me? Beheading means you cannot hear from God. This spirit cuts our fathers, therefore we get a fatherless 
society, men that are husbands that are under the control of their wives, men that cannot arise to their full potential, men that cannot produce after their seed, even in the family, even in the church. There's so much being spoken of, of father and sons, and many who call some men fathers. I don't many times see that they are fathers. A father is someone that you want to emulate. A father is someone you eat every day his bread. Hallelujah. A father is a father among other ministers. Hallelujah. But that's for another day. I'm just trying to show you what we are up against. Laodicea, the last church. And I'll teach about that. That church says we are rich. We are wealthy. We don't need anything. Do you know the church cannot pray the Our Father and say, give us today our daily bread. Many pastors have got bread for two generations. You understand? Not that we envy or are jealous, but you need always to know what is the purpose of prosperity. Because many in God and a minister of God, a man of God will prosper. As a servant of the living God. But it's like like Gaius. That because Gaius heart was to support ministers in the ministry. Therefore John says I wish above all things that you may prosper. But Laodicea. God's assessment of her was not the way she observed herself. The Lord says look at you. You are miserable. Naked. You are blind. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? They are poor, naked, and blind. And the Lord says, buy of me. Or other words, pay a price. That you can get eye self. Anointing for your eyes so that you can see. I hope tonight you will be able to see by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Father, bless the teaching further. And Lord, speak to the remnant, those who have a heart and an ear to hear, because you say, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Lord, if our motives and our heart are not right, our eyes will be blind, and we will see dimly, and we won't be able to observe what you are saying in these last days. First Corinthians chapter 14, it says here, Please read with me. Amen. Please read with me. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Hallelujah. It says, If the trumpet gives off an unclear sound, who will prepare himself for war? That's verse 8. For if the trumpet produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for for war. Remember, I am speaking to you about the seven trumpets in the church. What's the purpose of a trumpet? Fivefold to draw attention, to get your attention. So, through these seven trumpets, I'm going to share with you of the church trumpets. It's trumpets of restoration. In other words, each trumpet tells you. The church need to take a, a, a higher step in the movement 
of restoration. Few even are aware of a movement. Some people just think the church is only there for this vital function of winning souls. No, the church, the purpose of God is to let the church return to its original state and to lead the church to Zion. Don't worry, I know why I'm teaching like this, okay? I know I'll need to go further with the other points of the trumpet. I know why I am teaching like this. Praise God. Amen. So the church, the restoration movement is to take the church back to its or The word restoration means to get something into its original state. The church is far away from its original state. But there is a remnant that runs ahead as a pioneer group. The others will follow from behind or won't follow at all. Do you hear me? But the, the principle of the remnant is right through scripture. Everywhere, whether it's Joshua or Caleb alone, that with the generation that came out of Egypt, that entered with the Joshua generation, the promised land. Do you hear me? Amen. And then you get the Gideon 300 out of 32,000. The 300 is the remnant. In Elijah's day, there were thousands of people in Israel. Amen. But only 7,000 with Elijah consisted of the remnant. In Malachi, God says, those who fear my name, they will be my jewels. Amen. When Jesus came, it was Simeon and Anna that was part of the remnant. Do you hear me? Praise God. So the even when it comes to the seven churches, which I may start next week or the week after that uh, in our series, I will tell, show you out of the four last churches is four church uh, 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 organizations or three organizations. But the fourth one will be the church to be in as the remnant out of the seven Churches. It's right through scripture. So I'm saying number one, a trumpet's purpose is to draw attention that people can ask, what is this? Like this coronavirus. Everybody in the church, the world, God has got everybody's attention. And everyone must ask, what is this? This is a trumpet. And the second purpose of a trumpet, it is loud and it is clear. The third purpose of a trumpet is to wake you up, to cause you to sit up. It's a warning. Number four, it's a warning. If you don't take heed to the trumpet, you stay in your own state and your condition. Do you understand but God is not going to wait for you. God is moving on. And, and it's like being a new season that's dawning in the church. It's a terrible thing if it is summer and we find somebody that acts as if it is winter. 
Say it is summer and the sun shine at its brightest outside. And someone act and think it is winter and he feels cold. He might make in summer a fire, a huge fire outside. Might stand in a thick jacket or coat with a scarf and something on his head. Won't you think that is crazy? There are many believers. There are many churches that are out of season because not taking heed to the trumpets. They are out of tune, out of season. May you not stay behind as God's movement of restoration continue. Hallelujah. The restoration movement is like the river of God. Amen. The river keeps on moving. Do you hear me? But there are many churches that has made themselves a pool out of the river. In other words, years ago and even now, they feel we're going to stay here and stick around here. A church ought to be a movement, not a pool. In a pool, water stagnate, smells come, things die there, everybody. It's inbreeding. Some places don't only have inbreeding. And you have inbreeding, you don't open up to the move of God. Inbreeding brings about disformed children. Do you hear me? Inbreeding bring about people with problems. Deformed. Mercy. God. We need to stay in the river of God. But to stay in the river of God, you need to... How does, uh, how does a river get its strength? Where does it get its strength from? From the rain. And how do you get rain? Rain comes because of clouds that is loaded. How is clouds formed? It's through the sun, the S-U-N sun that draws vapor up into the air. Hallelujah. Vapor into from the lagoons, from the sea, from the river, vapor. So the sun, S-U-N, is a type of the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. He must draw. If you want a river, Christ must draw out of His church and every believer praise, worship, singing, Pure praise and worship. Not worship with dirty hands and filthy mouths and hearts full of sin. No, that is rejected. The fasting, the intercessory prayer. This is Christ drawing up vapor from the church through the glory of God. Supplication, fasting, intercession, groaning. That function is the function of priests. But to be a priest is one of the most highest callings. Amen. It's to be intimate with God. You know, people write books who are just gardeners in Buckingham Palace. They're not even in the palace. They just work there on the, on the ground and they write books and people buy it. 
men but to not even only be inside Buckingham Palace or in the White House but to be closer to the president to be in the bedroom of the queen and be there that is what it means to be a priest hallelujah and the lowest function of a believer is priesthood and this is what God is restoring the priesthood of the belief. I don't see much priests or many priests. Many pastors don't produce their children, uh, their members to be priests. Do you hear me? That's why the state of our nation and our community and our families is like this. Because we as leaders, we don't produce priests. And the second level, it's only after priesthood is settled that you enter into the prophetic. Hallelujah. Because these three functions is the only three that were anointed by with oil in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm teaching? Very important. Then you enter into the next level of being a prophet. Or being prophetic. Hallelujah. And after the prophetic is where people see visions, dreams. Where the gifts of the spirit are displayed. Where there is signs and wonders. We ask where is the sign? Get the priesthood right first. And it's a remnant that are in the priesthood. Hallelujah. This is my, this is my purpose in preaching and teaching. Paul says... In 1 Timothy chapter 1, I think it's verse 6 and 7, he says the goal of our instruction or the goal of the commandment is love from a pure heart, love from a good conscience, love from sincere faith. Do you see those three things? Any preaching that does not have that goal, Paul says in the next verse, we are not busy with fruitless discussion or fruitless preaching. If your preaching cannot form people into priests, Paul says the goal, you are, you are playing a soccer match then and you are not scoring goals. You, are, you can play attractive soccer like Arsenal in the past, but they don't win trophies. And I love to watch Arsenal, the soccer team play. Hey, you, can, you can watch the West Indies playing cricket. They score quickly, but they don't win matches. You can watch brilliant tennis players, but if you don't produce and win championship matches. Oh man, people can, you, uh, you, you will be forgotten. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? The goal of our instruction. Priesthood Paul, it is love to God from a pure heart. The second level is priest, a good conscience. The third level is sincere faith. Kingly function. Do you see those three things? Priests, prophets, and kings. That, and in that level. Hey, don't believe people that tells you that people with money are the kings. What a lopsided, unscriptural, unbiblical understanding that is rife in the church. My God. Amen. Praise, do you hear me? The kingly function. Therefore, I have that book there, the gospel of the kingdom, because the end to 
Now Matthew 24 verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness. Then the end will come. Do you hear me? That's the last trumpet. Do you hear me? The last trumpet is to preach Jesus, the dominion of the king, as a witness that people can see Jesus back in his church and with all his power. Therefore, Zion is where the ark of God is. And that's what David produced for God after Eli failed his preach. Before David, Eli failed as priest. Samuel failed as prophet because Samuel could not produce children after his kind. His sons did not serve the Lord. It's a reflection. If something does not work at home, why do you want to export it? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? It must work at home. Samuel could not. As honorable as Samuel is and myself in my own sight. And also the prophets failed in Samuel. And then after that the kings failed. Do you see these three functions? It failed in Saul. But in David all three came together. Therefore David had three anointings. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and in 2 Samuel chapter 2. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, David had all three, these three anointings. He was a priest, a prophet, and a king. And David could not rest until he raised up a tabernacle for God on Mount Zion. And in Saul's day, the ark was gone in the hands of the Philistines. But Saul for 40 years did not worry to get the glory back. That is the church today. Having nice church function. Their own control and and a pool and all of that. And don't worry. They don't have the heart like David and said, I won't get rest until I have the ark back in Zion. And David built a tent, a tabernacle, pictured on Mount Zion. That's where the move of God is going to. You get even 15 Psalms of ascent. In other words, the higher you go, the more things that is not even sins become a nuisance. Therefore, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, lay aside every weight and everything that entangle us. Amen. Looking away unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, put aside the shame and the cross, uh, and were prepared to take up the cross, and is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. My brother and sister, myself, my family, myself, any sacrifice, even if it's colleagues or friends. Amen. Listen, for Zion's sake, 
I won't keep quiet. This is my heartbeat. This is why I left even years ago the the the, uh, denominational structures. Anyone who is in a denomination must have a heart for Zion. Hallelujah. Must have a heart for the body of Christ. Otherwise you're stuck. Otherwise you get stale. And otherwise you cannot see. This is not the time to say as Paul says, it's carnality. It is the work of the flesh to say, I am of Paul. I am of Peter. I am of Apollos. Even those who say, I am of Christ. It means they feel they superior. No, it is those who say, I am for Christ and the body of Christ. Every believer, everyone is my brothers and my sisters. Hallelujah. But this sectarian spirit is in the hearts of people. And you can see the kind of spirit exhibit even through them. And they will get upset when anything is disturbed concerning that. But the time of ignorance God has overlooked. It is now time to repent. Hallelujah. It is now time to repent to the glory of God. And in this ark. There were three items, the ark of the glory of God, that reflect, I'm coming to the trumpets now, amen, in this ark, I'm trying to tell you, where are we going, where is God going, I tell you, most people in the church, even many in the ministry, don't know even of this move of God, I showed you last week, is the, I'm speaking now of the restoration of the church. Do you hear me? Amen. And I'm going to show you even in these seven trumpets, there are three reformations. And the three reformations is the first one to restore priesthood. And the second, prophetic. And the third, the kings. Those three ministries you find right through the Bible. Even in Revelations, God says, they will be priests and kings unto me. That is what God is after. You ask, what is God? The ark of God is what God is after. That's why David is called a man after God's heart. And every leader who has a heart that runs for Zion, Listen to me. Amen. Is like David. They are anointed. And it's not everyone in the fivefold ministry that has these three anointings even upon himself. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I am preaching to you? To rush ahead of time. I'm showing you now those three items in the ark. They reflect these three highest callings. Do you hear me? The pot of manna is the priest that was in the ark. Then you see the rod of Aaron. It was the prophet that you must say, this is like a dry stick, this man. But when he speak, the blossoming of the olives, it's beautiful. Amen. You must say, this is not. This is from God. That's the dead stick that was put over for over to overnight in the tabernacle. 
the next morning out of the 12 sticks, dry sticks, the rods that were there, Aaron's rod butted. Hallelujah. And Aaron was under Moses as an apostle. Do you say, where do I get that? Amen. Numbers chapter 12. God said to Miriam and Aaron, Were you not scared to speak against my servant Moses? You are prophets, you too. I speak to you in dark sayings through visions and dreams, but not so to Moses, my servant. I speak to him face to face. See that an apostle is higher than a prophet. It means the level of rest, of revelation of an apostle is higher than than the revelation that a prophet received. Therefore, the, do you see? And the Ten Commandments is the kings, those who have dominion. Do you hear me? Therefore, Paul says, write if you're writing and make notes if you. Therefore, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, it says that the Corinthians, you must desire the greater gifts. And the greater gifts is first apostles, second prophets, and third teachers. Out of the fivefold ministry, he does not say third, four, or fifth, because evangelists works outside of the church mainly. And pastors just take care of the flock. But man, these three ministers, first apostles, that's the kings. Second Paul says prophets. That's Elijah. The first one is Moses the Apostle. Do you hear me? And then thirdly teachers. That's Enoch. Can I tell you that? That's Enoch. You will see it. Amen. Let, let me haste because I will run through the seven trumpets. And I will highlight one or two of those trumpets. But I'm sharing with you what kind of church is God after. You need to know that. Because it was only the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2. That God came to rest. Rest don't mean he was tired. It means. His full pleasure. Is fulfilled. And you know when his full pleasure. Were fulfilled. Can I tell you. It's after the sixth day. When he made man. When Adam was there. And out of Adam came Eve, the church. Hallelujah. Church is a, uh, Eve is a type of the church. Because it was after Christ was made asleep, died. Out of that came the church. There was no body of Christ before Christ came out of the grave. Before the last. This is the mystery. The mystery of the ages. Is the church. But that was the original reason. Why God started creation. Because Paul says Ephesians 1. Before the foundation of the world. Before Genesis 1 verse 1. You were chosen in Christ. For spiritual not material. Mainly material. For spiritual blessings. In the heavenlies. Our calling is the heavenlies. Therefore in Matthew. He speaks of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Because in Matthew alone. He speaks twice of the. And brought for the word church. Which means ecclesia. The elect. 
It's only in Matthew. Because Matthew was addressed to the Jews. But the Lord wanted to tell them. You have rejected me as king. So the kingdom is not coming to the earth. But I will establish my kingdom in the heavenlies. The church's calling is to remove Satan out of the second heavens. That's the highest calling of the church. And there we will exercise the Lord's dominion. Therefore tune in this coming Thursday. As I speak about the the, 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 uh, spiritual warfare. And uh, the church is far from even having an understanding. Of how demons on the earth keep us away from the real war. God's ultimate purpose with the church is to have a beautiful, glorious, holy, triumphant bride for Christ. But this bride will be an army with dominion that God wants to put his enemy to shame and we will get the devil out of the second heavens. From there he govern our communities, our churches, our families, and he has placed demons as ground forces to just be a nuisance, getting us away from the real war. Therefore, Joel, when he speaks to the church, he speaks of locusts, and many think falsely and wrongly, it is God's army, it is God's judgment. That he allowed demons because of the sins of the church to be rife in churches, even doctrines of demons. Doctrines that demons work out with scripture so that people can be deceived. Do you hear me? And Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in latter times, I, he says, I expressly hear that the Spirit says, in let, it's not even the last days he speaks of thee. It's not even the last hour when he speaks of the Antichrist. It's not even the last times, he says, in later times, doctrines of demons will be rife in the church. I don't expect many of you to accept what I'm saying. I don't expect many of you to have eyes to see if your heart is not like David towards Zion. I don't know. You must seek God for help. In the name, because this is the time of judgment. That God is too. He says enough is enough through this coronavirus. If you don't listen now, he'll put you aside. Do you hear me? Paul even speaks on 2 Timothy chapter 2 that those who have been taken captive in the snare of the devil to do the devil's will. Do you hear me? The Bible even warns us, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, if you don't have a love for the truth, God himself will send you the spirit of deception to believe the lie. Because you need to know God is in charge, not you, not me. God, through this virus, God is saying to the world, what can you do? I am in charge. I am God. Hallelujah. Do you hear the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Now let me go and teach 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen. 
First Corinthians chapter 15. It speaks here in verse 51. Hallelujah. In verse 51. Do you hear me? Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling and of an, of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. Brothers, the last trumpet, this is the trumpet of the rapture. It's the last. Last means there's nothing anymore after this. And I'm going to show you now the other six trumpets and I'll show you the COVID-19 is the fifth trumpet. But he says before, as you see these trumpets approach, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always overflowing in the work of the Lord, not the work of men. You must ask yourself, am I busy with the work of the Lord? He is the Lord and he will tell you what is his work and what is not his work. Hey, my God, knowing that your toil or labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Listen, it's time to work for the Lord. It's time. John chapter 9 says there comes a time that it's night and no one can work. Like this coronavirus, it's a wake-up call to say, you, if you come out of this, you need to get involved in my work because time is short. And if night comes, no one can work anymore. This trumpet you also see in First Thessalonians chapter 4 where it speaks in verse 16. It calls the trumpet of God. You need to know the trumpets in Revelations which will go off and be blown in the great tribulation. Those seven trumpets, it's trumpets of angels. But in the church, it's the trumpet of of God himself. Jesus himself will blow this trumpet as he come to fetch the children of God. You also need John, Psalm, Psalm 103. It says there, Moses knows my, my ways, but Israel my deeds. Many people just see the deeds going on the acts of God, but they don't know what is the way of God with this? What mo those who are closest to God know God's ways. Do you hear me? Amos will tell you God does nothing, Amos 3 in the earth. He does not unless he reveals his secret counsel to his prophets. And then he says a prophet is raw. Who won't fear? Do you hear me? Amos 3 tells you that. Then it says, how can two walk together unless they agree? If you want to walk with God, you need to do all the changes. God is not walking with you. You need to keep pace with God. You need to stick with God. And if God moves on and you want to stand still, God moves on. Therefore, the Bible speaks of the last day church is like Enoch. Enoch is the, 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 the type of church God is after. Do you hear me? Because it's the rapture church. 
Enoch walked with God. He's the first human being being raptured away. There's only two, or let me say three. The Lord Jesus himself is the leader of the three. Amen. But the first one was Enoch. Because Enoch was raptured before the flood of Noah. Which tell you the church will be raptured before the great tribulation. But Enoch walked with God. And he was not there anymore because God took him away. You can read of Enoch in Jude. And they will tell you Enoch the seventh from Adam. Why the seventh? Because he is the last trumpet. The seventh trumpet. The last trumpet. Amen. And he was a family man. But he walked with God. And he was not there. If you don't walk with God... I don't know if you're in tune with him, if you're in step with him, if you keep pace with him. You need to stick with God. And a man of God will help you. A, a man like David, a man of God in the, in the shape of David. Hallelujah. With those three anointings on his head will stay and keep you in tune with the living God. Do you hear me? You even find these three prophets in Revelation chapter 11 uh, when it comes to the two witnesses. And with that, I'll maybe touch on next week. But let me run through the trumpets. Hallelujah! For which you are waiting eagerly. And I first just run through them and then I highlight one or two. The first, let me first say, these trumpets are restoration movements. They are loud they are warning, they are wake-up call. You need to know after the apostles, the New Testament, the church fell in so backslidden so far into the dark ages where the whole world were Roman Catholic. And the Roman Catholic is the start of the Babylonian system. Do you hear me? Babel means uh, confusion. Babel, you know what Babel, the, the tower of Babel, there is a tower in of Babel. It means all humanity were together. And then the Lord bring disruption with the language. Do you hear me? Therefore, the day of Pentecost is also a, a, a time for God to get together a holy nation. Hallelujah. With the tongue-speaking people, bringing them together. It's the second time God interrupted humanity with language. Do you hear me? But Babel, every, and the Roman Catholic setup was the world was Roman Catholic. Do you hear me? And in that system, the church fell into the dark ages. Can I just quickly describe that? Like the Pope took the place of Jesus Christ as the head of the church. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Even the Pope himself became uh, above the Bible. Because what the Pope sh speaks is like equal to God's word. They brought in purgatory. There's a place between heaven and hell. And out of hell you can still come through purgatory and slip back into, into heaven. What nonsense. Then you get the system of Mother Mary and the priest who took the place of Jesus as the mediator. I'm trying to describe you the dark ages. The, monk, the monks and the nuns. 
and, and this unmarried that if you're in the ministry, you cannot get married, that breeds a lot of sin. There was no Bible, only the priests and the monks and the nuns or, or those in the priesthood and the cardinals, they had the Bible in Latin and nobody else. Do you hear me? They started the clergy system and the laity system. The laities, you don't need to pray and seek God. The clergy will do. That is just to describe to you the dark ages. Yes, here are the trumpets. The first one is the first reformation through Martin Luther. That was Martin Luther in the dark ages discovered. A person need to repent. Get born again, and you save by grace. Hallelujah. That was in 1517. That for me is the first trumpet to all of the church loud and clear. This is the start of the Protestant movement. Do you hear me? Protestant, the word Protestant is not so much against as E.W. Bullinger, a mighty great scholar in the church, described. The word protest was to stand for the truth. It's not so much against, it's to stand and protect the truth. That was the first reformation, everybody in the church, and that was the restoration of the priesthood. Do you hear me? Amen. And then the second trumpet was in 1906, the Azusa Street Trumpet. It was the rebirth of Pentecost that shook the whole world, the church and the whole world through a, a black man, William Seymour. Hallelujah. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wish I can speak more about that. But that is the second loud trumpet. It's from that place that John G. Lake came to South Africa and started a mighty move of God. It is from there where Alexander Dowie, people that raised the dead, it is from there and those places that mighty men of God came to the fore. Hallelujah. But before that, I need to not Neglect this, before the rebirth of Pentecost, the second trumpet, there was the Salvation Army. That came about because of the first reformation. The Salvation Army through General Booth that won souls on the streets. And then secondly, also the Moravian movement. I'm trying to describe to you the move of God. That's, I'm still busy with the second trumpet. Even the Moravian move, the Moravian move through Zinzendorf and them. It is there where, and the third one is John Wesley that met the Moravians and saw people praying for long hours and the outpouring of the mighty move of the Spirit of God, the Wesley movement. Amen. And even before that, the fourth one underneath Azusa Street was the Wells Revival, led by a young man with the name of Evan Roberts. Way that movement closed the Sabines. Wow, caused prostitutes to be saved. Soccer mats stop for years. God moved. But let me get to the third trumpet, the rebirth of Israel. In 1948, 
and also the Six-Day War in 1967, that the trumpet of Israel says to, said to the whole world, how is it possible that nearly after 2,000 years that people can get back to a land which they lost Oh, and walked away to walked away from in 70 AD. But God through Jeremiah and Ezekiel prophesied that he will bring them back one day to the land. It seemed impossible. It is miracle of miracles. And Israel is there. You know for what purpose? To tell the church our roots. We need to be thankful. That whether it's Daniel, Jeremiah, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be thankful towards the Jews for what they have brought about the book, the Bible. Do you hear me? Amen. And also Israel is there to let the nations decide on which side are they. They must make up their mind. Are they on the side of the God of Israel or against the God of Israel? This is happening right now. Do you hear me? The sheep nations and the goat nations are being split through the third trumpet. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? And let me, before I go to the fourth one, even Donald Trump gave back Jerusalem, the city, as the capital of Israel, the eternal city, and even the man's surname is a trumpet. Do you hear me? Even this president presently, right or wrong with all wrong and all mistakes and all of that, listen even in the surname. Can I tell you, read Isaiah 45. You will see Donald Trump there, the one who give back the city of God to his people. Isaiah 44 verse 28 will tell you, he will be a Cyrus that gives back the city of God to his people. Isaiah 45, 45 years because Donald Trump is the 45th president of the United You may laugh at this. You might take it. But it's a trumpet. It's a loud cry. It's a noise. It's a warning. It's God speaking to those who wish to hear. And many will mock. But to their own peril. Do you hear me? I don't agree with Donald Trump on many things. But I'm telling you. And let me tell you, you know who were the first to recognize Israel as their independence? It was America. Through who? To a president with the name Truman. Harry Truman. He, a half an hour or so after the birth of, he was the first in the world to recognize Israel as a nation back into their own homeland and the and the Arab nations, seven or how many, were preparing to make war against Israel up till now. And they won't be able to conquer them because the God of Israel don't slumber or sleep. Even the name Jerusalem, in the middle of the name Jerusalem, you get USA. Do you have that? Amen. And then the fourth trumpet. The fourth trumpet. Is 
to state it briefly. It's 11 September 2001. Wasn't that a wow moment? I remember I was in, my, in our house and I heard on the radio, switch on your TV and watch what's going on as I switch on the TV. The first plane already went into the Twin Towers in New York. And I saw the second one on its way. I thought it was a movie. It was so unreal. And listen to me. It is a trumpet. Loud and clear from God. If you want to hear. You will see that trumpet in Isaiah 30. Please go read it. I don't have the time. It will be teaching after teaching. Therefore you need to search the scriptures. If you are a, 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 a remnant of, of the overcomers. You won't be able to sleep. You will say listen I need to get. There in Isaiah 30. Did you hear me quoting Isaiah often? Do you hear me? It's in Isaiah 30. The Bible says the day of the slaughter. When the towers fall. And the whole chapter will tell you it will start with a fire on top of a huge wall. And then the Bible will tell you why. Because of the iniquity of the people of the earth. And God will say what I want to have for you is in repentance and return you will find rest. And God will tell you in Isaiah 30 how I long to be gracious to you. But I tell you, up till now, few are listening and responding. In Isaiah 30 he says, you will now discover your teachers. You will hear a voice behind you. This is your teacher. And you will also in Isaiah 30 see that the moon will have the brightness of seven suns. The sun seven times seen in the moon. The church is the moon. And the seven suns is the seven churches. Hallelujah. There will come a church. Bright with the lessons of the seven churches. And bright as the sun. That's what God is after. Do you hear me? Do you follow what I'm saying? Wow. And look at the 19s. Between 1948 and 1967, the Six-Day War, 1948, the birth of Israel, and 1967, it is 19 years. 19 plus 14 gives you 1960. Do you see the 19 there? And now, from 2001, 9-11, it's called 9-11, 2001, you add 19, this is the other trumpet after 19 years, COVID-19. It's a trumpet, loud and clear from God's side. Don't worry, I'll be through now. I need to come back to this trumpet, but I want to show you. What is God saying through this trumpet? You read of this COVID-19. Do you want to know where you can read of it? I'll show you where you can read 9-11. I'm now here by COVID-19. 
19. Do you hear? But let me go before. Okay, but leave that. Very important. But COVID-19, do you know where to find it? Read Isaiah 24. It's fully described there. And verse 10 will tell you, people must shut their gates and their doors and stay in their houses. Even in South Africa, God had a special voice to us because our lockdown started on the 26th of March, 26th of the third month. And you know everybody posted and sent around, isn't it funny, 20, Isaiah 26 verse 20 says, Shut your doors, close your houses, until the plague goes over you. Isn't it true? Is this by coincidence? Is this by luck? It is your God speaking and warning you and speaking loud and clear to those who want to hear. Those who are in the Laodicean system, they will laugh and they will mock. They will say we are rich, we are wealthy, we are lukewarm, we are not of the world, we are also not hot. And they will be vomited out of the Lord's mouth because it is at those places where Jesus stands outside of the church because inside he is not the Lord of the church, he's not the head of the church, the spirit of the Antichrist is rife and the Lord stand outside knocking on the door not of the church but of individual's heart because he says he who hears my knocking and opens up I will come and sup the word, that's the right word. Have a supper with him. Not a breakfast which where you are quick and in a hurry going to school or to work. Not even a lunch where you are just midday. It's when you are retired and you have supper. You spend time with God as a priest. He says, I am after that. And it's to them that he says, if you overcome Laodicean church, like I have overcome, you will sit on my throne with me as kings. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us tonight. Where did this coronavirus start? In China. China has as its symbol the dragon. Satan, I don't say China is Satan, but the dragon is Satan himself. Revelations 12, the dragon stood before Israel right through their history, didn't want the remnant, the overcomers to be birthed. Revelations 12, and he's standing again against those who want to be remnant and overcomers and try to stop them because the dragon is scared for the Coming forth of the remnant. And he, why do I say it's the remnant? Because the Lord says this child, the man child, is a corporate child. He will govern the nations. And the Bible says in Revelations chapter 2 of the church of Thyatira, which is the Roman Catholic Babylon type of church. He says you who overcome Jezebel. Which the church tolerate. And see what the children. The Lord says. I will put them in a great tribulation. I'm quoting the church of Thyatira. 
and and where is that scripture in Revelations? While we are at the 19th and the 20th, which I see in the Bible, it is in Revelations 2, verse 20. Do you have it? We are in 2020. Revelations 2, verse 20. The Lord says, you have overcome Jezebel. What does Jezebel do? It castrates the church. Because in Kings, as Jehu came to kill her, she had two or three eunuchs, men that could not produce after their kind. They were castrated. And many churches and many ministers is castrated. Cannot pro- They might have a lot of people, but are they born again? Are they saved? Are they children of God? Is Jesus their Lord? No, you don't hear people preach about repentance and judgment. There are a lot in the church that are not born again. People with rebellion, people with their own will, never, never bow to the Lordship of Jesus. My God, help us. You might not like me. You don't like the word also, the Bible. Because Paul says, Cursed are he who preaches a gospel that is not the true and the real gospel. I'm closing now. Hallelujah. I'm here by the dragon. We need to overcome. And we have the grace with Michael, God's angel, to overcome the dragon. Hallelujah. Do you, I, I point out against these three ministries. Michael was like the apostle because there's three archangels. Lucifer was like the prophet. And Gabriel, the other, the third archangel, was like the priest. The one brought the word through Gabriel. The one, Lucifer, was the leader of worship. And the one, Michael, the angel of war. Do you see these three ministries that God is after? What? Who got lost? Who rebelled against God? Lucifer. Therefore the devil hates prophets. Therefore the church cannot get into its prophetic calling because it's taking the place of Lucifer himself. Can I add to you that's the fifth trumpet. Covert 19. Do you hear that? Amen. And it's at COVID-19 where the Lord calls the church to fasting. I'll end with that now. But the sixth trumpet is the trumpet that we wait on. It's Acts 2 in its fullness. The day of Pentecost, Acts 2 was quoted by Peter in the last days I will pour out. But Joel don't say that where Peter quote from. Joel says after this. I will pour out. And there the pouring out in the day of Acts chapter 2 was just in Jerusalem. But this time it will be upon all flesh. All nations. The gospel and they will go with the gospel of the kingdom and demonstrate the power of Jesus. The ark of God. We're waiting for this after this COVID time is over. But I'll close my preaching and tell you what will bring that about. Because Joel says, after what? After the church has repented and fast and get the locusts in Joel out of the church. And the Bible 
Bible says in Joel 3, wake up the mighty men. Put your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks, put it into spears. And he says it's time for war. The Lord is waiting for a church, an army church, a warrior church. Where are the soldiers of God? Where are the generals of God? Where are the commanders who are raising up soldiers? No, we have people, the bless me club, people with dummies in their mouth, people who look for blessings from the Lord, other cars, other houses, other suits, and more money, more promotion to become more materialistic here in the earth. Listen, the people in the outer court is the bless me club. The people in the holy place is those who are being built up by God but the people in the most holy place are battle hardened and ready to fight therefore 1 Corinthians 14 says if the trumpet is unclear who will prepare for battle can you fight many cannot even fight a headache many cannot even fight a little demon in their own house what about getting ready for war my god help us in jesus name can you see the state of the church south africa reflect the state of the church in south africa Our communities reflect the state of the church in our communities. Our homes reflect the state of the church. The ministry reflect the state of the church. The church itself, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 17, it is time for judgment to start by the house of God. I'm closing now. Leave the seventh trumpet because it's the trumpet of dominion. And that trumpet, the seventh one, we will even conquer death. Raising up the dead like this mighty man of God. Smith Wigglesworth. Because it's through fasting that we will get back to where God will raise up the old foundations. And restore the streets of truth. And rebuild the foundations of old. These are our heroes These are our generals, John G. Lake, Kenneth Hagen, Derek Prince, hallelujah, O.T.L. Osborne, mighty men of God raising the dead. We need to raise up Amy McPherson, Catherine Coleman. These are the men, their mantles are all around. Even they put virus on John G. Lake's arm because there was a pandemic, the bubonic pandemic in South Africa and in other places. But the virus died and a great and a mighty prophet presently of God in America visited heaven a couple of times. He said at the start of this virus, he said to the church, God showed him where the virus started in China. All of that. You know what God told him? It's the time to pick up the mantle of John G. Lake where the church will kill death. Wow! That will destroy death. And the last enemy is death in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
And that's big. Can I say to you, 1 Corinthians 15, you get the last Adam, the last enemy, and the last trumpet. There you have the three again. The last uh, Adam, it's the priest. The Lord wants a church that's intimate and loving and only have eyes for him. See will conquer the last enemy, which is death. And then the last trumpet will blow. This will come about this out of this fifth trumpet. It's time for the church to humble herself and say, we don't have the power. Something is wrong with myself and the church. We need, the fasting speaks of hunger for God. Fasting speaks of you've come to the end of yourself. In fact, tomorrow, our church, Friends of Daniel Kingdom Church, we fast. And hear me, my people, our brothers and sisters. I want you to, in your fasting, 9 o'clock, pray 15 minutes. 10 o'clock, another 15 minutes. 11 o'clock, another 15 minutes. And 12 o'clock, another 15 minutes in our fasting. Through those four 15 minutes, you will at least spend an hour in prayer. Let us repent of our own sin. Secondly, let us repent for the sins in our own church, whether it's prayerlessness or we need our, up our holiness. Fourthly, we will pray and repent on behalf of the fivefold ministers. And fourthly, we will pray and repent for the sins in God's body, Christ's body. We will have an hour at least of seeking the face of God. Joel chapter 2 says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Call a fast. Let the bridegroom come out and the bride. Let the elders weep between the porch. Because why would they say among the nations, where is their God? And there's a kind of fast that God rejects, Isaiah 58. In Isaiah 58, he says, blow the trumpet, have the kind of fast I want, and I will restore everything that was lost. Listen, my brother and sisters, about fasting, Nehemiah fasted. When he heard the walls of Jerusalem is down, the gates are destroyed. I tell you, the walls of the church is down. There's no defense in the church. There's no defense in the church. And like Ezra 8, let us fast for the journey to Zion. And God will respond. Even Esther type of church. She fasted three days. And God covered and protected people from being wiped out by Haman, the spirit of the Antichrist. Let's humble ourselves as Psalm 35 says. I humble myself, my soul with fasting. It's our soul that need to humble ourselves. The soul need to get down. What's the soul? Your own way of thinking, your mind, your will and your emotions. And say, God, we want the, the lower you go, the stronger the oil flow. Let's pray together. 
And anyone who give, want to give his life to the Lord, you can do so now. And after that, I led them to the Lord. Please pray after me and commit yourself to Zion. And ask yourself, where am I in these seven trumpets? Do I hear in the fifth trumpet of this COVID-19 what God is saying? Hallelujah. So Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I repent of my sin. I turn away from this ungodly world and from Satan and from my sinful ways. I'm sorry and I turn away from my sins. I accept you, Jesus Christ, as the Son of God and as the Lord of my life. Thank you for your blood that washes away all my sins. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I want to be serious with you. I hear the voice of your trumpets, especially this fifth trumpet. It's time for me, Lord. Like Joel chapter 2, I hear the trumpet calling me to fast and consecrate myself. I don't dedicate myself. I don't give something. I give myself on the altar for God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, bless your people. As Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says, We consecrate ourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst us. Lord, many will wait in vain for the wonders, because they did not consecrate and repent and owe up to their state. But we pray and we long and we gonna see a mighty harvest of souls and the hand of the Lord and the arm of the Lord unveiled in signs and wonders and miracles, the gifts of the Spirit for the kingdom of, of God and the kingdom of heaven's message will be preached and then the end will come. We love you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Son of the living God. Help us to beautify your bride and help us to raise up an army for you and your glory. Bless your word. Wash it in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse this word with the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Please keep on praying for me and my wife and the ministry. And please support us with your prayer. And please be tuning in. 